fascinated by talking to creative people. Those who think differently, they understand uniquely, and they see the world in their own ways. Don't get me wrong, I love what creatives produce, but often the story behind the story is what really inspires me. I want to know where ideas come from. That's where the magic happens. That's the creative backstory. Welcome to the creative backstory. I'm Kelly Planner. And uh, this is a this is a new uh, area of creativity for me. The world of Irish dance is full of tradition and colorful costumes and crazy curly hair and a real commitment to a long, very celebrated heritage. And if you think about River Dance or Lord of the Dance and any St. Patrick's Day parade you have ever attended, you'll start to hear the rhythm of pounding feet in your head. And it's mesmerizing, but not nearly as mesmerizing and dazzling as the costumes. And that's where we start today. My hope, my guest is Pamela Bastic. She owns Prime Designs in New Jersey. She helps schools, dance companies, and solo dancers create unique, one-of-a-kind dresses. Welcome, Pam. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I had asked you to make me a little um, toolkit of yours of three things that are in your creative toolkit that you think are important, and I thought it would be fun to start out with those today. Yeah, so it, it didn't take me really long to think those up, and they might be pretty obvious ones but I surely no judgment Pam live by these like oh yeah (laughs) I mean it's this is my toolbox so first one was create 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 like don't stop even if it is hideous um (laughs) for me I just have to roll through it I I can't tell you how many um very awful designs I've pulled through that kind of then bring me to this place where I can have this really well-balanced, interesting design to look at. So um, you have to make some really ugly stuff to get to the good stuff. Agreed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then always look. So I'm always using inspiration from around me. I'm using inspiration from books, um, old art, and we'll probably talk about that more, taking inspiration from um, obviously the Irish artwork, the Norse artwork, and as well as many others, but always looking, taking photos, um, keeping a folder and even just your phone of imagery that inspires me. Um, Unfortunately, I don't always have my sketchbook with me, so it's not always sketching, but sketching when I can. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third one is sometimes just take a break. So for me, taking a break means almost at least for in my head, shutting off the creative mind and doing something that's very structured, whether it's following instructions, like from a recipe, from even just a very structured uh, sewing of a garment, um, 
it's something I know so well. It relaxes my brain. Um, as I, I, alongside of having a creative brain, I have a very analytical brain too. So it kind of balances it out and freshens me up so I can hopefully get back into that creative element by doing that. Yeah. So we'll take a little break from our creativity talk. So you can tell me a little bit about your history. You come for, you come at dance from an amazing or, or creating dance dresses an amazing um, way because you were a dancer. Tell me a little bit about your dancing history and Irish dance. So we, I have three sisters um, and we started dancing when I was in fifth grade. My mom saw an advertisement for around St. Patrick's Day. There was this lady who learned steps off of river dance and wanted to teach it as a workout class. So my mom's like, sure, sounds great. Go children. So we went, we danced, we loved it. And then we, we wanted to do more because it was just a month long uh, class for St. Patrick's Day time. And we were able to actually find a dance school specific for Irish dancing. Um, there's a ton now at the time there weren't many. So we had to go to Pennsylvania. No, New York. New York was the first class that we went to. And, um, and then from there we fell in love and continued to dance. And then the costumes intrigued us as well. And they're, they're not, they cost a lot of money. So with four daughters, um, we, my mom, she was a designer in New York City. So she went to FIT and we, she was determined to figure out how to make these garments. Um, they're a very different style. Um, most dance garments are made out of stretch material, whereas Irish dance garments are made out of woven material. Um, so it's a very fitted garment. Um, and the skirts, they're not soft and flowing, or at least some of them are, but overall it's a very stiff looking skirt with the side panels on it, stand out, there's pleats in the skirt, and then they're covered in embroidery. So um, I ended up making my first dance dress when I was in sixth grade. Um, my mom taught me how to do all of my sewing. Uh, we were in a 4-H sewing club growing up and she would, she was like the Nazi of teachers for teaching you how to sew. <laughs> I think you have to be. I mean, there's so many, you do. there's so many parts to that, that, you know, have to be done properly, especially if you're tailoring something like an Irish dress, I would imagine. Yeah. When it comes to sewing, there's you're dealing with fabrics and fabrics can be very unpredictable or you have to learn their unpredictability and then work with it. So it's, it's very, um, you really have to know what you're doing. So um, when I was learning how to sew, I would, she would always have me take out, take out the seam, take it out again. It doesn't match perfect. Take it out again, take it out again. And I have drilled into my memory, this one jumper that I made and it was plaid and all of the plaid is the most perfectly matching plaid <laughs> that you would never even know I had seams in this garment. 
the pockets were so perfectly matched onto the front of this piece that there was no point in having pockets because you couldn't find them. <laughs> so this makes yeah. creativity sound like a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Irish dance dresses are creativity on top of a very strict structure of garment. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think that's amazing because when you think about you know, I think about the history of, as I understand it, of Irish dress. They used to, dresses for dancing. They used to be very regimented, and now you can do all kinds of things. But having that that shape is that that's where you start. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The the base silhouette of the garment um, is critical for the Irish dance world and knowing if it's you're a good dressmaker. Um, if you can't get the base of the dress and that silhouette correct, nobody's going to buy your dress. <laughs> right. Or nobody is going to be able to move. Like I, I think, you know, Irish too, dancing, yeah. if anybody who's listening doesn't know, it's a lot of movement, a lot of jumping around, but the arms are typically not what's moving. Yeah, you're the dancer. You tell me. Yeah. Yeah. For, there's, there's two, Irish dancing is kind of segregated into two parts. You have your solo dancing, which is very traditional in terms of the arms are down at the side, the hands are in a fist, and all of the strength comes from the leg, the core muscles. Um, it, it does involve arm muscles as well, just in being able to have control of making it look natural to hold your body straight. Um, and then, so that's the solo dancing. And then there's the team dancing, which are Kaylee's and figure dances. So that's a group of four to 20 dancers at once that are, they'll have arm movements. So they'll be, but more, a little more rigid. Um, and they're, they have traditional dances that they dance as a group together. And they'll, they'll lift their arms up. They'll be holding hands, going in circles, and doing very particular movements on the stage as a group. So. Yeah, but I mean, and it's kind of seeped in all this ancient tradition. Tell me about the historical dresses, and then we'll get into kind of what you do and how you break the mold without breaking the shape, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, so the traditionally a lot of the dancing was done after on Sundays after church so the girls would be in their Sunday dresses and their hair would be curled or whatever so they're in their Sunday best wearing their nice dresses and and as competitions started coming around where they would um, decorate the garments with painted Celtic knotwork um, and then from the painting, it turned into more elaborate embroidery, hand-done embroidery, like a chain stitch. And then that turned into more hand machine embroidery, not, in, not industrial embroidery machines yet. Um, and as the embroidery became more intricate, the skirts were stabilized more so they got stiffer so that way you could see the embroidery because when it was all just draping down there's all this intricate knotwork on it but you really can't see it as well so they started putting panels inside of the skirts so that you can see this beautiful artwork 
on on That's these garments. So interesting. Yeah. And then um, and then once once they had this kind of base silhouette of the dress with the skirt kind of standing out a little bit more. Um, and then probably about, oh dear, how many years ago? I, probably within the last 20, 15 to 20 years, um, the styles then it, it started to have um, become more of a fashion thing in Irish dance. And there were designers, are selling the garments and then and then styles come into play so the the drop waist silhouette that we have now that came about maybe 15 years ago whereas before that all the skirts came from the waist so now it's a nice drop waist small skirt and then that's the basic silhouette we work from now mm -hmm. so the skirts used to be really 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 big so but now it's a little bit of a cleaner look. You can see more of the athletic build of the dancers with smaller skirts and, and the drop waist. You can see their silhouette of their waistline and everything, so. Mm -hmm. And so when you started designing your dresses, did, did it work? Was your first dress something you could dance in? I'm, sh I'm sure it was with your mom. Yeah. Um, it let's see my first dress was a it was a velvet dress it was burgundy velvet with gold and silver and black and royal blue on it and it had this celtic cross in the middle of it um with these like beams kind of coming out from it it was it it was pretty in its time i mean it's it's a pretty it's a nice piece of work looking at it on its own in terms of style. It's like awful now, but no, it, it danced great. It was um, when I went out there with that dress on stage, it looked like it belonged. So um, if my mother basically taught us that if you're going to do something, you need to do it right. <laughs> so she never would have let you on that stage. Without. No, she wouldn't have. <laughs> she wouldn't have. We we did many muslins and trial garments to to make sure that it was done right. So and then from there, um, we just kept making them. Be like, oh, I want a different color, or I want to try out this type of a design, or the styles are starting to change. So let me try this out with this different fabric. So, and then it just spiraled from there. Right, right. I, I don't know, I think it's pretty interesting. So when did you, when did you know that this was going to be your place in life, place in creativity? So it kind of fell into place. So I went, when I went off to school, I went to school for art education. I was gonna be an art teacher. And while I was in college, I continued dancing with another dance school. And anytime I would go home on break, I would sew a dress, get it together and sell it to pay for my books and such. Um, and while I was dancing with this other dance school, the dance teacher would see the garments I was creating and selling. And he's like, oh, well, we, we need new school dresses um, for our team dancing. Would that be something you wanna do? 
And this guy was pretty influential guy in the Irish dance community. His name's Eddie Murphy from the Drumcliffe Irish Arts in Rochester. And he, this guy is fantastic. He's such an artist himself. Like his choreography in the Irish dancing is just beautiful. We did teams for the world championships. Uh, seven, eight years ago. And um, he would come into practice and he would be like, I had a dream last night. So I'm changing the whole middle section of the dance because there were these birds in the dream and they were swooping this way and that way. And I need you guys to do that. So we're redoing this whole part. We're like, Eddie, the world is in like a month. You can't. He's like, no, we have to. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So he, he had asked me when I was in college to make new garments. And I went to my, and I, at this point, I don't know too much about pattern making. Um, that's all in my mom's head. I can take a pattern and create a garment. I can do minor alterations on it, but I can't, I don't know anything about pattern grading, which is basically you have a base pattern and that's grading is how it's sized up and sized down to all your different sizes. So if you ever look at a um, McCall's pattern or Butterworks pattern, um, you'll see all the different lines on it. So that's your grade. Um, so I don't know anything about that. I go to my mom and I'm like, well, this dance school wants us to make his dance, wants me to make his dance dresses. And I feel like this could be a thing. Can we do it? <laughs> so, cause I knew I wouldn't be able to do it without her because uh, that's she's amazing. got a lot of the connections um, and just the background from for fashion. That's not what I went to school for. Um, so she's like, well, I think we can, let's go for it. So we went for it and we figured it out and built it from scratch from there. And um, she was fantastic. She like, right from the start, she's like, you know, starting this business, I don't want it to ever put a wall between us. So she wanted me to own the business, her to be a technically an employee. And then um, we just put our creative minds together and we um, grew a lot too in that as well. Oh, I um, bet. Cause now I, I was a daddy's girl growing up. So <laughs> um, it was actually kind of weird working so closely with my mother, <laughs> but really neat. Family, so. working with family is hard. I mean, I've spent a career working for people who were related and that's hard. So <laughs> it, it's, re it's really hard. It's really hard. And, you know, we've definitely seen our struggles with it, but we can always talk it out and get it over and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I could work with my mom. My dad and I probably too much. We're my, we might be too much alike. I, <laughs> uh, I just, so. I just do whatever he tells me now. So <laughs> yeah, there's some people it's just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. But what I was most fascinated by when you and I had talked earlier is, is the fact that how, how dances, the style of dress in Irish dance has kind of evolved and now more things go. It's not necessarily a nod to Irish tradition as much as, as it was. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so... Um when it started out, it was, yeah, it really was the traditional knot work, the clatters, the Celtic crosses, um, and a lot of artwork inspired from the Book of Kells or pulled directly from the Book of Kells, um, which is illuminated Psalms or the illuminated gospels um, in the Bible. And, um, now, as it goes through all these different phases, it went through when I was dancing, um, I don't even remember how old, um, 15 years ago, we'll say, 15, 20 years ago, um, there was a very geometric phase. And literally, you wouldn't be able to find any dress with a Celtic design on it. It was just these lines and diamonds and weird bubbly shapes. And they're actually very, very ugly. <laughs> when I was dancing, the dresses were very, very ugly. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, it kind of started transitioning back slightly a little bit more to these like daintier flowy designs. And then it shifted back a little bit more to these big bold designs and then it shifted to back to very very Celtic um and and now now it's at a nice point where there's definitely style lines that are in fashion um maybe how a maybe asymmetrical um different shapes that are that look nice on the body um accentuates uh you're, if you're slim or whatnot. And, but overall the actual design that goes on the garment, some of the detailing, it could be anything. There, there's Celtic right now. There's Celtic mixed with geometric. There's geometric mixed with soft and flowing design. So you uh, more ornamental or really anything. So now it's kind of suits the dancer's style. So like a really spunky dancer is gonna get these bright colors and or a really elegant dancer is gonna get your jewel tones and a little softer. So it suits the dancer themselves, so. All right, I wanna get into that, but I do wanna talk a little bit about process. Um, Cause I can't imagine, you know, how does it work? How do you go about designing dresses and what's the process at Prime? So um, the actual base designs that I work from, if I'm work, let's, we'll talk about if, I, if I'm working with a dance school. So if they're designing a dress for their school, which means it's their uniform, um, which means that they're going to have this garment design and they're gonna be using it for the next 10 years. Um, so this is a garment that if you own a dance school, you want to be able to go in a big competition room and the dress is memorable. Um, it doesn't hurt the dancing. Um, it's not so memorable that it's like, whoa, 
I remember them, they were bad dancers. Um, but it's also for, it's, it's also your market. That's how you market your school. If you go to a parade and there's a whole bunch of dancers at it, um, sometimes the only way you're gonna get a little girl to come into your dance school is because a little girl at the parade saw these really pretty dresses and they wanna wear those. So therefore they wanna Irish dance. So it's your school dress is, it's your brand. So it's, it's very important that you get something that looks nice. It stands the test of time. It is modern, but it's not too much with like a something that's like in regular fashion, something that's gonna go in and out in a second. So you wanna have the modern silhouettes, some of the modern styles, but still be timeless. So a lot of the school dresses that we do, I would say 97% of them have Celtic knotwork in them because it's an Irish dance school. So you want to market to the people who are not <clears throat> in Irish dance that wanna join the dance school. So when I'm working with the dance teachers, they'll let me know their school colors, they'll let me know if they wanna incorporate their logo into the dress, if they want a logo design, I end up doing logo design as well, just through this. Um, if they want more of a dainty, design more sharper lines or more swirling lines so they come with some basic ideas they'll send me some dresses that give them inspiration um, or that they like or they don't like and then from that um, I create something so I will I usually have a page in or a template in, in illustrator that I have it's filled with already drawn designs, pieces of designs that I've created and I start pulling from and I flip them and turn them and stretch them. And um, anytime I see a, a piece on a, I don't know, ironwork, take a picture of something on ironwork that I like, I'll put it in here, turn it into a vector image and, and keep it off to the side. And if it if it works with what the school's asking for, or if I really feel inspired by it at that moment, I'm gonna pull it in and I'm gonna create the dress off of it. So along with all these other parts, um, and then design goes out to them, they'll let me know kind of what they're feeling in it. Um, it's very difficult sometimes for teachers to explain what they like or what they don't like. So sometimes I'll send out the first design and they'll come back with, uh, okay, good start. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Right. And to me, it's like, you really could have used, I, I literally asked you that question. <laughs> I showed you an image and you said, that's what you liked. And now you're telling me you don't like that. Sometimes I'll, we'll change it like six different times in between. And then they'll be like, oh, we like the original one the best. We actually really love that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just, it, it gets difficult when you're working with, with the client and they, it, it, it's, it's hard because well, they you're, never you're know what they want until they see what they don't want, you know, and then they're like, yes, oh, then yeah. Yeah. I, and, and you have to explain why you made certain decisions and why what they're saying doesn't really work because those colors don't look good next to each other or they want navy blue 
embroidery thread on black fabric next to white and you just can't see navy blue embroidery thread from the back of the room. Right. <laughs> so so it, when people want these darker colors on darker material, they have to understand that now it needs that the darker colors become these bolder areas or maybe a backdrop for the brighter colors so you can see it. So, um, and they don't understand how some of that works and how, how it's visual, uh, how you see it from a stage. So you have right. to like really talk them through it. Creative people, we kind of get, we kind of train ourselves to see things in our brains, you know, and it's hard. Cause I always think if I can do something, anybody can, but it's not true. So a lot of people can, it makes sense that a lot of people can't visualize like I can, or like, you know, it's hard. Yeah, no, it is. And, and sometimes, um, sometimes the way they're, the, the process that I go through with some of the these teachers and, and the tweaks that they come up with end up making the most beautiful garment. And I, I love the collaboration I have with some of these teachers. And, and I know that some of them would never look like that if it was just me. And, and I am such a strong believer in collaboration when it comes to art too, because everyone experiences things different. Everybody sees things different and what they bring and what I bring, we can make something really unique. Um, but then there's other people that I work with that they have such a, not a great concept and they take a design and they just like stretch it so far that it, it works and they love it, but I don't. <laughs> right. Oh, and that's hard because you, yeah. you, know, you kind of have to do it and you know. You're going to get calls now, by the way, saying, did you like mine? <laughs> I know. I know. I know some of the teachers, they're like, is mine your favorite? I was like, what? it's my favorite blue one. <laughs> hey, my favorite. I tell them that they, I was like, every, I was like, you have, I was like, you have to love the dress. You have to think that you have the best prime dress designs, school dress out there. It's like, that's all that matters. It's like, because you can't just everybody can't have the best dress on our page it's everyone has different opinions but if you think that you have the best dress then we did it right <laughs> yeah 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 it's true so talk a little bit about your team and your production so i have a fantastic team of employees <laughs> i love them dearly and they're incredibly hard workers um we have, I have a manager, um, Faith, and she's been with me for four years now. And she basically manages the seamstresses on the floor. Um, so we have a um, handful of different levels of seamstresses. Um, when they come in as a starting position, they're doing probably not sewing as much, but they're starting to learn the processes. And different levels of seamstresses are teaching other seamstresses different areas. So they're cross-training um, and there's different areas that each of them really have. They know it, they love it, and they teach it. And we call, in those areas, they can become an expert. So they have the ability to train another employee or be checking another employee's work. So 
they all have areas that um, they can really take a lot of pride in and they can be coming up with different ideas on how to make it better, how to make it more efficient, um, how to batch it differently. And, and I love when they come up with these new things and it's like, wow, that's exactly what I need you to do. So this is perfect. And they take a lot of pride in their work too. Oh, they yeah. love taking pictures. Yeah, they take pictures and they have a lot of fun with it. Um, so in terms of the actual process, like it starts from a sketch. From there, we get measurements that are submitted usually online of the dancer. And then we pattern the garment. Um, and then from the paper patterns, it's moved to cutting. From cutting, then it goes to embroidery. And then from embroidery, all the embroidery has to get like cleaned up and tidied. And if there's any like extra loops, it gets pulled through. Um, that in and of itself, I have one employee who purely does embroidery cleaning, essentially. Wow. Um, and then from there, it goes into the actual sewing production where they will put it all together, get the seam sewn, um, make the sleeves, put the linings in, make the skirt, make the bodice, and then put the two pieces together, put the zipper in, and then finish it off with a cape, if it gets a cape. And then it's ready for shipment, so. So do you get to see the girls, you know, put their uniforms on for the first time? Do you get to kind of gauge reaction? Probably not so much anymore. Not, not too much, um, not for the first time. And usually, cause usually they're shipped out to them. But now that we're doing more solo dresses, the solo dresses will have girls come in, put their garments on. My niece got her very first solo dress. It got finished um, this past week. And so she was able to come in. So we got to see her first reaction and she was just, she was so excited. And she's, how old is she now? She's nine and she loves turtles. So on the little, on her sleeve, on the little end of it, we put a little turtle and it got its little crystals on it. And it's so, she was so excited. When she saw it, she was like, finished putting the crystals on today and she just was beaming she had so much fun she can't wait to she's competing in it on Sunday and she can't wait to show her dance teacher so oh so fun and yeah we, so this process end to end say if it's it's a school of I don't know how many kids are in a school you set up to is um in a school you could have hundreds oh so but we usually make when, when a school orders dresses, we'll usually make um, 20, 15, five, usually in those sorts of numbers, depending upon how many they've already ordered or how, if they're dressing a full team or if they recently dressed one and they just need a few more. So yeah. it'll kind of depend. So but usually um, once they submit all of their measurements, we will turn around the garments in about in less than two months. So oh, 
Yeah. 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 So, but it takes us shorter to make them, but there's a whole bunch of garments being produced at the same time at different levels. Um, We could, you know, you can make one garment from start to finish probably in the day or less, but there's so many different pieces. You really can't say that you, it's hard to say. Right. Right. So if nothing went wrong, you could make a solo dress in, in a day, but the machine running time is long just in and of that with all the embroidery. It depends how much embroidery is on it. Cause if you've got 200,000 stitches in the dress, it's, you know, a minute for every 700 or 600 stitches. <laughs> I find that oddly creative that you know that. <laughs> 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 I won't take credit for that because you, it's basically the machines tell you how fast they're running. Oh, good. Smart machine. So, yeah. So you can set the speed on it at like 800 stitches per minute. But if you're running everything at 800 stitches per minute, you're going to break your machines more than you want to. So we usually run them at like 700. And then the really wide stitches, the machine won't run that fast. It automatically slows down and it goes at about 600 stitches per minute. And usually oh. we have wide stitches. So useless information. Yeah, that's so <laughs> interesting for, for me who, you know, I sewed in HOMAC. I made, I think the, the, the height of my sewing career is I made a sweatshirt and then my teacher made us wear it to get a grade. To get graded on it, we had to wear the sweatshirt and show her that we had it on. And then we all gave our sweatshirts to one kid. Like he had 20 of them. Hi. <laughs> all the time. He loved him. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's a little about me. And uh, <laughs> anyway, but that's my sew. But I'm always fascinated because when I sew, I make a mess. You know, <laughs> I just oh, me. we make a mess too. Do Good. Not Good. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about. I love the design process, and I know that. To me, I feel like the creative isn't necessarily the design as much as it is finding that golden mean with the client that moment the client says yes you know Mm -hmm. I find that probably more creative than just about anything I can think of at least in my you know over my career getting a, a client to agree with a vision that meets the goals and you know is doable for a budget yeah. things like that so and I know, you know, you've got people you love designing, but let's talk about some of the places the actual creative design work can go. Like what's describe, let's describe maybe a traditional dress and then maybe one of the more out of the, out of the box designs that you've done. So um, right now I'm working with the with a dance school that wants to keep a very essentially a redesign of one of their their garments that they've had for oh I don't know 25 years or something so and she loves her dress but when the girls wear it you know it's old um and she knows that it's just the old style dress um but she loves it it's the dress is green the base is green and orange and the colors on it are purple and white and light gold and yellow 
and green and more orange. So very wide color palette. And so she wants to take this and modernize it. So we'll put it in, we're putting it in a new silhouette and um, the knot work on it is very traditional. Like it looks like you could open up the Book of Kells and just kind of pull a couple knots out and put it on. It's got some shamrocks on it. It's like the epitome of anybody who saw this dress, even if you knew nothing about Irish dancing, you know it's an Irish dance dress. <laughs> um, so it this one was a challenge because she was pretty unmoving on a certain number of points. And it was, it's always challenging when there's specific areas that they want to keep, but I want it to look pretty. <laughs> like I want it to look nice. And um, so I was able to pull in some, some nice style lines on it that modernized it, but kept it flattering on the girls because um, one of the main things that she wanted to keep was not a flattering thing for anyone. It would make slim girls look heavy and heavy girls look heavier. Um, and that's when you're dealing with school garments, you want to make sure that you have a slimming garment because you're putting everybody in this garment. You're putting your three-year-olds in this garment and you're putting your adults in this garment potentially. So, um, so working with her, we were able to we added like a lace embroidery line around it, very traditional look. Um, it might as well be a lace collar, but it's all done with embroidery. So you don't have to worry about it flopping basically. And, and then we kept this really traditional artwork on it. And it's, I think it's the best it can be for what it is. And she's very, she's very pleased with it, so. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we came pretty, pretty far with it and I'm, I'm pretty happy with it, so. That's good, that's good. Cause I was one of those heavy girls that looked heavier, like <laughs> she, you know, so on behalf of those girls everywhere, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you gotta make it flattering. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you need a magic dress. Girls need a magic yeah. dress. <laughs> yeah. And then a more modern, um, like what, I think you told me you, you used Russian influences in some of your Irish dance designs, which I find fascinating. I do, but I wouldn't call it modern because it, it doesn't look, it looks very traditional. Um, it, it would, any of the influences I, I use from other countries, I, I, I use the the Russian art I use, Islamic art, um, I use, I have books with um, ironwork from Europe that I look at. And if you've ever looked at the gates and all the ironwork, um, if you're traveling abroad, it's gorgeous. Like, yeah, for so, sure. Um, I pull a lot from there and even like Asian wedding dresses. Um, are very inspirational. They are beautiful. Have you ever seen an Asian wedding dress? They're like the reds, the um, the gold, very ornamental designs, just so elegant. 
Um, so yeah. I, I pull a lot of some of the style lines from there and the ornamental designs I like to use. And I wouldn't say that that ends up looking so modern because I usually still mix it with Celtic knotwork. Mm -hmm. um, I really don't like making a dress that doesn't have any Celtic knotwork on it. Um, but there's, I, I was, we had talked at one point when I had spoken of a dress that we're putting a skyline in it in the back of the garment. I think that's so great. Yeah. We were actually, um, my digitizer who she runs the embroidery software. So she was taking my artwork and putting it into embroidery form. And we were running the tests on that today. And it looks really great. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, so I can't wait to see it. That sounds yeah. Great. It's the DC skyline. There's part like buildings, essentially, some of the very staple buildings in, in DC. So it's all incorporated into the back of the skirt. And it's the silhouette is navy blue on black, but we have the outline in white on it. So it pulls off. And I found this as bright of a navy blue as I could find in a thread <laughs> is what it is. So it, it actually shows up fantastic. So uh, I'm really excited about that one. That's actually a really good creative uh, answer, just having that outline and that bright to make that tone on tone. Yeah, like you look at it and it's it's not royal blue, but yeah. it, it's not like a true navy, navy, navy blue. So really kind of push the limits on the color. Yeah. So, so is there a limit to what you would and wouldn't make? Like if someone said, came in and said, look, I need this the Superman chest badge you know would you put that on a dress for so like would you do it <laughs> yeah there's a limit um if they had like a uh, if they inspired me when they were speaking of it maybe I would but if they're just like <laughs> I don't know maybe I, 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 I might solo dress maybe yeah, yeah for a solo if they if we could recolor it to mesh with the dress or instead of having Something that if you looked at it, you would know it was inspired by the Superman thing, but it was slightly edited so that it was like, I don't know, super something else and fun. Super Not something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of, the, some of the things I don't allow just because of there, there's this fight between I can, you can design anything, but then there's the real, real, being realistic in what my seamstresses can do or have, or just being efficient or not. So um, sometimes it's just a matter of the restraint of what is, what I'm willing to, to sew together um, because of cost. So we could do anything, but they don't want to pay that much money. So when it comes to certain you really unique uh, portions of the dress, if they wanted, I don't know, a 16 layer skirt for whatever reason, I would say no. It'd be like the one that's just not Irish dance Two, we just don't offer that. So you still have to stay in the bounds of the business has to make money too, um, has to make a profit off of the garment. Right. We know that you're not going to want to pay what actually I need to pay my employees to do that. So, yeah. And I'm guessing too, I don't know about how many 
dresses do you make in a year? Is that? Um, we, last year, just dresses, we made about a thousand. Wow. Um, skirts and such and the under a thousand. I don't know, I don't have all the numbers on me, but yeah, decent amount of garments. So it has to be, we batch stuff. If something's black, it gets sewn with other black dresses. Um, uh, any dress that's a color other than black is more work just because of thread changes and it's not fabric we might have on hand as much. If it's a unique fabric, then it's keeping stuff stocked. And so um, the, the best garment for us to, the most efficient garment for us to make is a black garment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but in, in terms of like the design process with that, um, I had found that the, um, the price is sometimes what made the garments not nice. So if teachers were trying to sit within a certain parameter of pricing, they had like a halfway pretty dress. <laughs> um, yeah. So something that I have done this year was creating a tiered system of garments where this is what you get in this price and then and then jumping up for certain things, but very specific as to what they get and what they do not get in it. But in the lowest tier pricing, I made it so that way it looks like a full garment. Like it doesn't look like something is missing from it. So, and, and that's where it was getting to like, oh, I really just, too many of these garments are being put out that I just am a little bit less, not quite as comfortable with. And I think it needs a little bit more to it. And, and I, I have a beautiful skirt design for it, but they said no, because they wanted to save a little bit of money. So I incorporated that in where it's like, okay, you can get this whole thing for this price, but these things, which cost more money for just on the production end, it doesn't necessarily look like it should cost that much more money. They're in different tiers. So and now I can just send that to teachers. They see all the tier pricing. They know exactly where the costs are gonna fall for girls versus juniors versus misses and what they get, what they don't get. And it's so much easier, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I think you you did something that I think is incredibly creative and probably made um, Irish dancing more accessible to more people in that. Talk about your template system a little more and how you... Yeah, so... Um... And in terms of fabrics, I know you just explained part of that, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, so so when when Irish dancers get a solo dress, um, when you think of a solo dress, it's a garment that is designed specifically for you. The design is never, the design and colors are never used again to some degree, um, which is great, <laughs> except that it costs so much money for these poor dancers who spend so much money on the dancing and then spend probably the amount that they just spent on dancing for the entire year on a garment. And it's sad because the dancing is more important than the garment. The garment needs to accent the dancing and it sh the garment shouldn't, in, in this case, like they, they need to meld together as one piece, but you shouldn't be spending more money on the garment than you did on your lessons. <laughs> um, so what I had done was I made solo dresses more affordable and 
easier, more accessible for parents to purchase. So it's essentially a build your own garment. They could buy a dress with literally nothing on it if they wanted. They could buy the shell of a dress. They could get it in black. They could get it in a color. If you make it a color, it costs a little bit more money. Then you could add on sleeves. You can add on embroidery. You can add on um, crystals. And they all cost more, but it's still less money than if you're buying a full-on custom, no one will ever use this design again solo dress. So we have all of these templates on our website that um, are available for them to choose from. They can choose a bodice and then a skirt design. And then they tell me what colors they're interested in. And then I plug it in. I'm able to plug in the colors. Um, I still spend, even though it's templated, I still spend a good amount of time looking at it and finding the best way to balance it out. Because sometimes just because I'm limited, I'm limited with the templates as well, it gets to be a little tricky to take their vision and make it work. So I do minor modifications to the templates to make it work within it a bit, but I have to stay pretty strict to it. Otherwise it, they need to cost more money, but, um, but it's been working out great. We, we just started, we really kicked it off in terms of people purchasing a lot of them this year and they're coming up beautiful. And we have, um, you can see similar, the same templates being used, but they're different colors, little different additions put onto it. One's a teeny tiny dress, one's um, an adult dress, and they look great. And anyone who's gotten them so far has been really excited with them and they're telling other people and, um, and they're unique too. Like, and they have that nice clean silhouette and they didn't spend like $3,000 on a dress. <laughs> Right. And you also talked about something that you do that not everybody does and building a little bit of elasticity into your costuming and, and things like that. I think that's so clever, especially if you think a lot of these girls are growing so fast, you know, I think it's great. Yeah. In the, that's typically done in the school, the uniforms um, in the back of the garment, we put these spandex panels in it. So it's a, like I had said earlier, the garments are made of a woven material, so they don't stretch. So we actually put a stretch panel in the back of the dress and that way it can grow with them some. Or some of the schools buy the dresses outright in standard sizes and then they can swap them among the dancers. And that makes it a lot more flexible too because you don't have to only be able to put in a 28 inch waist to this dress. You can put in up and down from that so that's pretty amazing and I think it's great because I think more people can enjoy this and it is a beautiful art form and I think it's fantastic so I feel like I have learned so much talking to you about this. <laughs> thank you so much for talking about the creativity within this this very historic and lovely dance form and I think it's amazing. If people want to find you, where will they find you? Um, we have our website is www.primedressdesigns.com. And then we're also on Instagram 
and Facebook, so. Yes, and you can see some of the most amazing things that you've created that are just, I spent more time than I should have on your website. I just love it. <laughs> now I feel a like- a lot of images on there. I feel like now I want a blazer with some like cool embroidery on it or something. So I might be calling. <laughs> I know now anytime, like I have such high standards now if I make clothing for myself, which I don't do very often. Now it has to be covered with embroidery and yeah. Well, I think, I think all that work could catch on and could apply to a whole new fashion line. Like I can, you know, I totally see this all in jeans, like this down. You could, you know. My mom keeps telling me, she's like, you need to actually like work in New York as a designer. I was like, I don't want the commute. <laughs> We're living in a Zoom community. You could do it from, you could do it from That's home true. now. <laughs> well, now, yeah, exactly. But, but Pam, my employees wouldn't have work. <laughs> They do it here, you know, that's, and that's awesome. And it's awesome that you uh, employ so many talented people. I think, you know, helping artists create art and uh, craftsmen, craftsmen do this kind of thing is just extraordinary. And uh, it's just amazing. So congratulations on what you've done. And I can't wait to see what you, uh, what you come up with next. Yes, thank you. I know I'm gonna have to start, I'm gonna have to start a gallery on our website too for all those simply prime dresses we're making because i don't have that up there yet since it's newer so that'll be neat to start seeing all them up there once we've made a handful so i think it's great i think you know having that available to a bigger audience is just going to be game changing so that's awesome keep thinking up those great ideas keep uh taking your creative breaks and uh keep looking around because it's working for you <laughs> well thank you thanks. and thank you for having me oh thrilled thrilled <laughs> thanks so much and we'll see you next time we'll have you on maybe in a in a little bit and we'll talk about your new fashion line whatever that is <laughs> oh there we go yes in my spare time <laughs> all right thanks Pam. you're welcome all right the creative backstory wouldn't be possible without the support of JuxtaHub, Emmaus, Pennsylvania's Arts and Innovation Center, where people from all walks of life gather, create, and grow. If you've been inspired by a creative person in your life, or have a story about your favorite creative processes, we'd love to hear about it. Contact us at thecreativebackstory at gmail.com. 